Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. Just a couple quick announcements um, before we get started. I'm vaccinated! Okay, that's not an announcement. I'm just excited about that. I'm going to get a second one, but I got my first dose. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think any of my listeners are scared of the vaccine, but if you are, I got the Pfizer uh, arm was sore and I pretty much recovered in a day. A little tired, but that was it. So I encourage you, please go get it, even if you're strong and healthy. Um, I don't know, it'll just make you feel better and the people around you feel better. Uh, that being said, here's my comedy announcements. I am headlining for the first time at Nowhere Comedy Club, which is, I guess I shouldn't say headlining for the first time. I've headlined before, but it's the first time I'm headlining a comedy club, which probably means nothing different to you guys, but it's like kind of a cool stamp of approval from the industry for me, so I hope you guys make it. Um, not saying you're going to embarrass me if nobody shows up or that you'll ruin my career, but you know, you might, so you don't want that on your hands. Um, so if for some reason, like you want to come, but money's an issue and you really do want to come, DM me. Um, I want, you know, everyone to come and have a good time and, you know, honor system, um, DM me, uh, email me at tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com and, uh, we'll make it work. Okay. Cause, cause I don't want any anyone to just not come because of the money. It's 10 bucks for a ticket. Uh, if you want to get the VIP ticket, I believe it's $30, and that includes a after-show hang. I will be reading tarot if nobody stops me. Um, and also, that comes with a free album download. Uh, and, of course, as with all Nowhere comedy shows, if you are an essential worker, if you work in healthcare, or if you're military, I believe they have discounts, go to NowhereComedyClub.com for tickets. Um, and it's also all over my social media. But that show is April 15th, that's a Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, slash 9 p.m. Eastern time, slash whatever time, do the math. Um, and yeah, I, I think it'll be a good time. I have Troy Walker and Jess Tom on the show with me. Love them both. Honestly, they're both bigger than me, so I feel like I shouldn't even call them features. They're just my friends that I thought were funny that I wanted to hang out with. So they'll be on the show with me, and um, we're going to have a good time. Please come. Please don't embarrass me, but I guess you can. Do whatever you want. You know what? It's your life. Live your life. Okay. Speaking of VIP and album, if you haven't got my album yet and you want it, you can buy it. It's out now. Or you could stream it on Spotify. And if you don't have the money or don't want to buy it but want to stream it, you can do that on Spotify and Bandcamp. But you can, for free, rate it. Uh, that would be really helpful. I am self-publishing, self-financing. I have no marketing team no label. So really, some of you might be like, what an insane thing to do, Teresa. You're insane. Well, if you've been listening to this podcast, you already know that. So um, yeah, just rate and review on iTunes, hopefully a five-star review. I don't know why you would give me a one-star review. Just don't waste your time doing that. But I guess you can if you want. But I hope you can give me a review because that will help the algorithm. And you know how I love the algorithm and I love AI and I've met, mentioned it before, the algorithm is what introduced me to my boyfriend, so honestly, I trust the algorithm. You should trust it too. Five stars on iTunes, okay? It's every joke I wrote in 2020. It's called We're Still Doing This, search Teresa Lee or We're, We're Still Doing This on iTunes. And uh, if you want a discount, if you haven't bought any yet, if you go to the Bandcamp version, TeresaLeeComedy.Bandcamp.com, you can use the code CONFIDANT, C-O-N-F-I-D-A-N-T, for 20% off the entire album. Hot tip here, if you buy the album on Bandcamp and not iTunes, it comes with two extra secret bonus tracks. 
which uh, are just me unfiltered recordings during the pandemic um, of me doing like diary entries on my iPhone notes. And they're bonkers, but fun, I hope. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully they're not used as evidence to take me into the insane asylum. But you know how I've been waking up with thoughts about the singularity? Well, I record them to myself and try to parse them out and actually write jokes out of them later. But these are the unfiltered versions. And those two bonus tracks only come on Bandcamp. Just to encourage you guys to, uh, I don't know, I have more control on Bandcamp. iTunes, I put it out there, they set the price, and I don't really know what else happens with them. But if you buy it on Bandcamp, you're just like kind of supporting me more. But I also wanted to give you guys an extra thing. So not only is it cheaper on Bandcamp, but there's two extra bonus tracks. So do whatever you want, but I encourage you to do the thing that helps me if it's all the same to you. And finally, I am going to be doing another couple Clubhouse Live podcasts, my congrats podcast, where I hype up a different guest each month. We check in once a week and we just congratulate each other on the good news. Good news only. Tomorrow or today, when this podcast comes out, April 7th, Wednesday, I have Sammy Junio, who you guys know, a friend of the pod, actually helped me co-found this pod before they ended up becoming a big deal and selling a Netflix show and abandoning me. Just kidding. No, Sammy is doing great. Um, Sammy is my guest for the month. We'll be on Clubhouse at 1 p.m. So you can join Clubhouse. If you need an invite, let me know. Uh, and we'll just be hyping each other up for 15 minutes. And at the end of that, we'll uh, open up the floor for you to share your good news and we'll hype you up. How fun. Um, and then next month, I have Michael Swaim. Of course, you guys know Swaim. Swaim is my good friend from Cracked, who I feel like most of you know him more than me, and that's how you found me. So Swaim will be doing congrats with me um, the following week. There's a bit of overlap, but yeah, tune in for both of those. Just follow me on social media. You'll see all the info. And my final announcement, I'm sorry this is so long. It's been a minute since I've made announcements and things are opening, and I'm excited about sharing things. Um, I'm still doing my OnlyFans. I know I went away for a few days to snowboard, so I'm sorry that I did not post every day. But uh, I am actually editing a new feature, Big Data Energy video, uh, follow-up to my Infinity Plus One that I'm very excited about. That's coming out soon. Um, that Those ones take me longer because I really want them to be just good. So in the meantime, I'll be posting more like little sort of little features of, uh, I call them patches, little little patch videos so you'll see some poems um i believe i just posted a new one uh, i'm remodeling the studio in my apartment so i kind of did a little tour of that so you can check that out and i have some bts stills from my photo shoot from my album cover that didn't make the cut so follow me onlyfans.com slash teresa lee and that's it that's it for the announcements i'm excited to share this episode with you i talked to my friend Randy Jones, who is a film critic that I met at Tribeca, very incredible, started at 13 years old, still in school, already been to Sundance, South by Tribeca as a film critic. Um, and just I just love their story. And uh, yeah, also, side note, because we do talk about this in the beginning, right before we recorded this, they got COVID, and I didn't really realize that until we started talking like, I saw a bit on Twitter, and then I was like, did you get COVID, or do you still have it? And they're like, yeah, I was wondering if you knew. And I was like, we can cancel. And they're like, nope, I want to do this. This is the one thing I have. So I said, all right. So anyways, with that in mind, I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Randy Jones. 
Enjoy. You can tell her. You can tell her anything. She's a real good listener. You can tell her anything. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Father Long Legs. You know me, Daddy T. This is You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where I have comedians and artists, filmmakers. I've expanded the the um, the reach now that. I have the luxury of Zoom ahead of me, uh, where I get artists to confess something they want to get off their chest. I'm really excited for my guest today. We met pre-pandemic. Um, it went th- when maybe like the highest I've been at pre-pandemic. Like it was like things were going so well. I'm so excited, and then boom, shut down. Um, at Tribeca <laughs> <laughs> with my short film, I think she likes you. Um, they do a review site. Very. Very, very great reviews. I feel like stronger than some of the, um, like, you know, the Hollywood Reporter variety. I, I always tell people to go read their reviews. Uh, and we just really hit it off. And you can check out their reviews at Rendy Reviews. Um, and yeah, it's Rendy Jones. What's up? <laughs> I don't know why I, I always like, my intros are always so awkward, but it's become a thing now. And I, I've embraced it. Um, but how are you, Rendy? I don't know. That was perfect. I don't know how to, uh, the worst thing about like being an independent film critic is that like, you have to sell yourself all the time and self-deprecation is like my number one attribute. So <laughs> I'm like, there is no way <laughs> I could like sell my stuff and my reviews. But over time I become more confident because I just see the mediocre, the, the mediocrity yeah. of like, like white people and, and, <laughs> and they who are always like writing that variety in Hollywood yeah. and stuff. And it's like really old white men. And it's just, oh, no. And then I I feel like my self-esteem has just got so much higher. Like, wow, I'm so much better than this. <laughs> well, the other thing, because I, I remember, like, oh, man, I, I always say it's, like, the other day, but I feel like it's been weeks now. But I tagged you in this because I was, like, I, I get so sick of, I mean, I'm on the other end of things, obviously, like, as a, I, I don't review things, but I like to read about them. And I get so sick of, like, award season and all this sort of, like, obviously, like, paid for pu- publication campaigns or even the ones that aren't like overtly paid for but they're like like you watch the thing and then you read the thing and you're like there's either this person didn't watch it or they're just going off talking points so i was like everyone should check out randy's reviews because it's like i that character is good like you add uh i was just reading your godzilla versus kong review by the way but i like that you add like you because that's the whole point right like we want to get to know like as an audience, how a person thinks about it, not just like, hmm, what did the publicist pay us to say? So I really appreciate that, um, that you do that. Um, but before we get too into it, I like to ask for a good confession just as a way to start on a positive note. So Rendy, is there something good you want to confess? Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing only because I just recently caught up with you offline about you had a shitty week. So I apologize for that. Hopefully there was something good in it that... <laughs> I got sleep. I got I got so much good sleep. Oh, <laughs> I never napped so oh, many no. times in my life without having to like wake up to do to go to classes or oh, do my anything gosh. else. Just like oh well, I'm up for the day and or oh I'm up for the night. I'm good. Well, that's good. Yeah, I like that positivity. You do look great, which um, is is uh, for having had such an awful time. I'm. It's funny with comedy because I feel like I got so used to just being like, we all have shit going on, and then we just like assume we automatically go to the positive. But then I always feel like, like I know you are not in comedy, but you're a very funny person. But then sometimes I'll have to check myself. I'm in like, comedy. Well, I, you're I, in. I, I, I was, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean. I haven't done like stand up in a long ass time. Uh-huh. But- 
I was making the rounds. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Career you were a comedian. Up. Oh my gosh, or are? I mean, that makes sense because I'm. I was just gonna say like your Twitter is so funny that I'm like. To, but what I was about to say was like sometimes I check myself in that like oh if I'm not talking to stand-ups I'm like oh I don't want it to come off like I'm just you know roasting you know that feeling but yeah, now yeah. it now it makes sense that when you say you do comedy because I like I was like you're a very funny person so oh thank you <laughs> um, I had no idea okay that's cool so you did you perform before so is that how you got into reviewing like how did you make that transition actually it was like the other opposite way around where I was pretty much like I was doing reviews since I was like 13, just like being that brag. (laughs) Okay. Wonderkind. I saw saw, like an onion um, tweet yesterday saying like fucking loser sits alone at a theater by themselves. I'm like story (laughs) of my life. (laughs) That's that's actually how I got into this. I just been going to movies all the time. I started a blog because I was like, I love movies. And then I just, just kept going at it. And then like, Picked up some different things, started going to like advanced screenings, um, which is like uh, all throughout high school. So it's like Whoa. every day after school, I had to wait on a long ass line for in whatever theater in Manhattan just to watch and review the latest thing and put it up on my on my uh, on my little blog. And then it wasn't until like 2016, um, where every other like three months or so, the 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 website that I used to have prior to the website I have now uh-huh. um, would like automatically delete uh, whatever work I had I, I had know. up, and then I just got so pissed to a point where I said, "All right, fine, I'll use my money to buy a domain." <sighs> so like the first, I want to say two and a half years of like ready reviews as far as like 2012 to 2014 movies goes, completely gone. Oh man. So, yeah, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm about to like do a huge expansion announcement sometime soon, but I want to make sure like everything is stabilized as far as like my life goes first before I can yeah. like make any big uh, big leaps forward um, with the website. But that's so cool. Um, well, I remember when we met at Tribeca, like because you were, I mean, it's cool to hear backwards your story of like how you independently did it because in a it, like I was also just like you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed there like oh like here we go and I remember meeting you and you were so professional and you introduced yourself and I was like oh you're so cool like blah blah, blah. and it's cool like having gotten to know you online since to be like oh wow you really like made your own like career here which is awesome but I mean not that it, like not that you should be able to tell but meeting you I was like oh like a film critic so cool like so you you know you <laughs> you definitely uh know how to sell it so that's good <laughs> oh thanks I, I mean it wasn't it really wasn't until like 2018 where where i um like got approved on uh, under rotten tomatoes because they uh it was it started with brie larson i'm um, having like um i forgot what award show she was at she was uh-huh. uh, she was saying like we need more diversity in film criticisms because there's so <laughs> many white men in the pool and then the the uh, industry were like <laughs> just said shit we need diversity because because captain marvel said so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so classic like, like, hollywood right it's so, like, like they go what happened to the diver-? it's like everyone pretends they have no idea and it's like what was that year that they did oscar so white and then 
they all it was they like just 2015 yeah and I, oh, I hated that entire campaign it was so bad like, and then they had the like little asian kids come out and do the accounting like it the whole thing was like you could tell like sometimes hollywood will do the thing where they'll at least put out like aesthetically diverse people on stage but you know you can tell behind the scenes it's like the same people because they literally would just like trot out like these asian kids to be like look at we care about diversity but then you're like who approved this concept like i can, I can like, yeah. what the fuck is this like them hiring chris rock and then having him like, <laughs> copped in and be like do you know any of these oscar nominated stuff this this year and and because it's like yeah, oh, it's God. a it's a black community throwing Chris Rock into a black community. They're you know they're gonna say yeah, let's throw a list billionaire <laughs> into it's yeah it's really the mind the mindset is wrong because it's I feel like they just try to check boxes as opposed to actually trying to curate like like actual diverse points of view in the movies and the, you know even this year like looking at the SAG um, nominations I was like there were so many at first that like that I was watching I was like okay we have there's a great options to choose from. and then looking at the final it's like okay like these are still there's like diverse things in this Hollywood sense you know it's like oh these stories yeah. will speak well to white audiences but they feature black actors and you're like I'd also like to just see more filmmakers and writers just telling different stories but yeah exactly and I mean it's because seeing how like Andre Day won the Golden Globe um I <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing because that, like the United States versus Billy Holidays, it, it, it is up there on like one of the worst things I've seen. <laughs> oh yeah, your tweets about that. Were, I think that's what prompted me to say like, oh go, go follow Randy because the the dif- difference in like people I know commenting on it and then like uh, publications commenting on it was just so different that I was like, hmm. it's yeah. like the Green Book. Well, it's not as bad. I didn't, actually didn't watch United States versus Holiday or Green Book, but I imagine the backlash wasn't as bad as Green Book, but. That is yeah, no, kind of not, the vibe. Not even close. Like that's the vibe of like when you read like publications versus like hearing from people what they thought of yeah. things and you're like, what's happening here? I mean, because it's just like it was this year where everybody um, finally came as a consensus that said, oh, the Golden Globes are sacks of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like there's no black people on the board. Um, they're swindled by, not swindled, but they're like, uh, they get paid um, mm-hmm. to go on trips by studios, and because of that, they nominate their movies. Mm-hmm. Like they get pampered, and even <laughs> I, I, I do, I get pampered by like different studios too because I'm part of the Critics' Choice, and yeah. we're so like highly esteemed in the industry. That's so awesome. I know about that back scratching, but I, <laughs> I, I still like stick to my guns. Yeah, so, that's like, what makes you a good film critic. Like the pampering is like, yeah, sure. Pam- that's a, what publicists do, right? That's a whole extra industry and field where they throw a lot of money at marketing. It's like, I get it. Yeah, pamper yeah. away, but don't pamper and feel like you're owed anything. Like it's like that's yeah, exactly. in your budget. You, whether your film's good or bad, like you got to pamper, like pamper the critics. But so that way you, you know, have the time and you pay attention to the movies. But at the end of the day, you still think what you think about them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> like I still have like a marriage story blanket that, that's, that's, that's <laughs> all made, made by Netflix. Oh my God, <laughs> I, Netflix. Leap into it every single day because it's just like it's so comfy. It's funny. I actually really did like the American when I first watched it because it was like a perfect. Sometimes you watch a movie at the right time, and I think this is where Netflix does get it right: is that they, 
they do a lot of marketing on the award site, but to people, it's just like, it's just there. Like every movie, good or bad, is just on the site. So you can find it on your own. And for me, it was like, I was in the right mood to watch it alone at home, sad over a breakup. And it just, <laughs> and it's well written, whatever. It's still very like, okay, blah, 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 jerk off, like rich white people going through suffering. But it in for what it was, I was like, I really enjoyed it at that moment. But it's funny when Netflix just like, totally will push out something super bad answer and it's like i have i don't trust any of their marketing i have to just watch it myself because there's so many things yeah. they put out there and i'm like what <laughs> how did this get made i mean i'll tell you this today um <laughs> i guess this, this would be my confession okay um, mank like the david fincher movie mank has been like has been like oh, yeah i haven't watched that i have no interest. i haven't watched it either <laughs> We uh, Critic Choice nominated it for Best Picture, and I literally told Netflix, I told Netflix, I'm not gonna watch this. I'm sorry, I don't. You're you're asking a, a Gen Z black person to give a shit about 1940s Hollywood, white Hollywood. I don't care. So, oh, is this about the writer who wrote Citizen Kane? Okay, cool. I guess. It's like Inception, like of I don't care. Well, I you know obviously Citizen Kane historically is uh, iconic but it's like i don't why do we keep bringing back old hollywood to prove that hollywood yeah, exactly. once was good instead of just like doing it again yeah well okay it's i am so esteemed. <laughs> i really am curious so this podcast is sort of loosely i started it loosely inspired by um me going to therapy because i went so late in life and i found like it was really comforting to be able to talk about stuff but i'm want to unpack you saying like when you're 13 going to movies by yourself because it to me that like is something that I didn't do that specifically but I think for me like dance and watching music videos and like learning the dances was like my equivalent of that of like sort of like finding my way to express myself while being a, <laughs> kind of like a little bit feeling like different or outcast at the time um so I'm curious as to like the uh I guess when now you're doing this as a career but it sounds like it started off as a sort of like passion do you have like um I guess like emotional like coping mechanisms now as an adult or is it still sort of are you able to be like this is my job and I still like am passionate for it like when you're having a bad day do you still go to movies or do you have like confidants you talk to like what's your sort of I guess like process for handling that sort of thing oh um so oh okay if we're gonna get that deep into it I might <laughs> or say, I mean like uh... <laughs> as much as you want to share but I, for me like I feel like that's sort of what drew me to the arts but then I also find that there is a complication as you start doing it you know for a career that you have to kind of compartmentalize some parts of you know I'll still dance around at home by myself but I'm not like when I sit down to write comedy I'm not just trying to get it out anymore there's a bit of like structure to it that feels different which I appreciate, but it's a little different than when I was, you know, younger. And since you said you started so young reviewing movies, I'm curious if like that's changed for you or if you've kind of like have sort of like compartmentalized those processes. Sorry, I was getting like food. Oh, no, it's all good. (laughs) Yeah, no. So like reading reviews kind of like it started when I was – uh, like, cause I was just, at first it was, I was just super passionate with it. Cause, mm-hmm. um, uh, because I just loved movies and stuff and wanted to just like write about them and everything. But like the longer it, it went on, the more I realized movie, like movies became my escapism. Mm-hmm. Um, cause whenever I would just have a bad day, I'm like, wow, this sucks. Let me go to a theater. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, we watch like just see something new or have like a movie day where I just like hop around before reserved seating. Uh, wait, did you grow just, up like, in New York? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, so, that's like, not, yeah, that definitely sounds like a very cool thing to to do. And I'm like, that sounds like a New York kid thing to do. Like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I would have to like get on a bus in the suburbs, <laughs> but like not like I guess there's public transportation in the city, but it wasn't nice in this. The suburbs were like it might come in an hour and a half, and then. You don't really know the route, and it's pre-internet days. You are younger than me, though, so I think maybe that doesn't track as much. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for, I mean <laughs> you're like I would just Google it. I'm like, oh yes, that's right. We didn't have that. <laughs> I mean, for for me, it was just like, all right, it's like one train. Like the the younger I was, the less movie theaters I was able to go to uh-huh. on my own. So like, it wasn't even until I was 14 I was able to like go to the movie theaters on my own like the first uh, the first time I did I had to like lie about it (laughs) um and I got grounded for it but it was but like next time I did um it's just like one train station away but Mm -hmm. it wasn't until like I went to high school and like my like uh horizons expanded more um because I was uh I was uh, in high school. I was called. I was in this high school called Academy for Careers in Television and Film. So because, like, my career passion is screenwriting and and, and directing, um, but <laughs> but when I was just like not in school, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna write reviews on my little <laughs> stupid little blog, and then people actually started paying attention to that, and I just kept going at it. Um, because I just it was so exhilarating watching a new movie before yeah. it came out or a little while after um, and and then also in high school it's just I was complete I was completely socially awkward I didn't know how to interact with other people um, it was uh, it was a not I don't want to say predominantly white neighborhood because it was a sort of diverse mm. high school but the racism was really oh. You know, high, because everybody's an asshole in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, racism and, 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 and sexism and, and even homophobia was just, like, so... It was so at a, at a high level that, you know, mm-hmm. just... For being yourself, you know, yeah. being yourself is just, like, it's such a sacrifice. And for me, having to grow... Like, I grew up in Brooklyn with the, like... Uh, Brooklyn middle schools where I didn't fit in because I didn't necessarily because I didn't have like that kind of out the materialistic outlook with, with that that my peers had or mm. or the the same level or not same level but like I wasn't into uh, the the kind of music that they listened to because uh, it's like I don't want to say stereotypically black neighborhood but mm. it was a not so good neighborhood that I went to school at. Um, and then when it came to high school, it was just like, all right, I get to finally, you know, be myself. But then because I'm black, the, a lot of the other non-black kids kind of had like this lowered expectation of me that I, hmm. that I never, that I couldn't, you know, that I never fulfilled to, 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 to their views. So it was just like me being put in a box yeah, throughout that sounds frustrating. two different, yeah, throughout two different, like, all throughout my child, childhood and adult, not adulthood, but like mm-hmm. adolescence as well. It's interesting, um, like that. I mean, that does sound super frustrating. It's interesting how you're, cause you like were aware of like how you didn't want to be, you didn't want to fit in just to fit in. Like, cause I mean, I think that, um, 
the idea of like sort of needing to fit into like a sort of certain like high school culture, like where, you know, it might be different from high school to high school, but that's like a common thing. But a lot of people, I feel like myself included, I definitely fell into peer pressure a bit of like, oh, I need to like dress this way or do this and like kind of hid parts of myself, which later I was like, oh no, I like want it, you know, I'm going to be the weird quirky person that I am but I I feel like that speaks a lot to your character as to like you recognize that like oh this mainstream high school like coolness isn't how I feel but instead of just like hiding who I am I'm going to go do me over here like watch movies and do this and uh, you know it's probably still a very frustrating experience but I think it's really cool that you were able to just be like yeah but I'm still gonna be me like as annoying as this will feel for a bit like I'd rather be me yeah um, it, that, it, definitely that, and it wasn't even until like long after I graduated where I realized, oh my, like the thing that I do right now with with like going to going to movies and then getting to go to like meeting different I, the the people that I have in my life right now, I met uh, that are dear to me. I met through screening lines, like just like waiting for movies oh, cool. and, and and stuff like that, and the people and uh, a lot of them are still prominent in my life today. Um, so it, 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 I, I found it to be a bit like ironic where the people who I grew up around uh-huh. aren't really in my life mm. anymore. Like the majority, after I graduated high school and everything, the majority of people I cut off or um, was just, <laughs> it, was, it was exponential. Um, you, so, so you grew you grew out yes I feel like sometimes people come it's not that they uh were never important but like as you continue evolving and growing and learning like you're going to move into new groups and with people who vibe with you more so because yeah cause sometimes I think about that too I'm like oh man did I like you know actively like abandon my childhood friends and it's like no we just like went different ways and I'm sure they have their new people too that they get to you know vibe with more than I do but yeah that I think that as long as you're like finding your you know you're obviously finding new friends like we met in later in your life and so I think that's a cool thing um well let's take a quick break when we come back we're gonna get your confession and we're back um Randy the time has come is there anything you would like to tell me uh it's crazy because like <laughs> I'm trying to like think about like conf- like anything like yeah. big confessional. It doesn't that have I, to be I juicy. Have. I mean, honestly, a lot of the stuff we're talking about already is super interesting. I don't have, like, cause, because I have a lot more like comedians on, I tell them to, I, I say confession because sometimes they have like these pre-planned stories, but I feel like really it's a conversation as a way to get to know you. So, I mean, we can keep talking about um, how you got into reviews if you want or, you know, anything. I obviously know you from that side of your life, but if there's, you know, anything that you feel like is interesting that you want to share or talk about, we're, I'm happy to go down that road too. Oh, um, so literally I ha- kind of have this, not like, I, I, I don't even know if there's, if there's like a complex mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, that it's called, but I have this thing where I could only like relate to people who are creatives as me, mm. uh, who are like, in a very laser focused um in their in their craft in their career um and such so my transition into like comedy came from like meeting um going to like parties Uh um that i that i got for friends and then 
once I at like saw I went to like one comedy show in New uh-huh. York um, in like a backyard. Oh, I just cool. mingled my way around and just like wanted to be be friends with all the comedy people because they were so they knew exactly what they were what they were doing. They had their sets prepared, and I was just like <laughs> analyzing and observing. And then I came to realize, oh, all these people are older than me, and now and now I have every like person who I connect with is older than me it, it's, <laughs> in some capacity I can't I can't relate to other people my age because they're in like <laughs> they're in, in in this um they're this like not mindset but mm. this place in life where they don't know exactly what they want to do or they don't have a clear you know a, a, a plan you know yeah a, a, a focus or 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 a planned future and even even I, I could admit that I don't at the moment because I'm like about to graduate about to graduate college in a month and I'm just like oh, oh shit I, I'm, thank you well you're a uh, lot younger than I even thought but that's awesome <laughs> that's a good thing <laughs> like I think for me I like to feel like I'm young so I assume everyone's my age and then I realize that like I am probably one of those comedians you're talking about who are older but act young you know what I mean like there is a like you're mature for your age because you know you have drive and you know what you want to do and then also a lot of comedians are very young for their age like yeah not always in a good way I feel like I've grown a lot but I definitely have friends who are like they don't want to mature and so that's uh you know a fun little intersection of uh not only they're I they're not all mature they, they might just be get late starters um but mm-hmm. I know what you mean yeah there's like a sense of like kind of cutting through the bullshit a bit with like that sort of create is that is that what you mean i don't know if i'm getting that correctly but that's how i feel like around like really like creative people with drives it's like there's a sense of like well i see the big picture i see what i want out of it i see how things could be different but i also see them as they are as opposed to just like well here we go let's go to brunch you know yeah 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 exactly (laughs) Uh, (laughs) no 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 that's exactly what it is because um there's just not there's so many different people that i've like met throughout this lifetime thus far where you know they're just young and and like like to live in the moment and i have no idea how the hell to do that at all <laughs> in <laughs> like, a way uh, that's really um a poignant be- that you have made a career out of watching movies because like it is both being in the moment like it's like you said escapism to just be there in a theater but also it's completely not in the moment because you're literally watching someone else's vision so you're yeah. kind of time traveling like you're here grounded in your you know in your body in this theater for two hours but also you're just completely in a director's vision yeah that, that's 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 really really a way to uh, uh perspective um but as far as like trying to like live and try to and trying to connect with other people or around my age it, it was it was just so difficult because everybody has like their own interests and their own areas mm-hmm. and stuff but and it's it, it, it's it's hard if they're not like as creative no i don't want to say as creative as i am but like creative in their own sense so i can understand mm. you know their perspective and try to get on you know their their like level of expertise and stuff and try to learn from them but it but as far as like like college experience thus far um I, I could say I, I've been through my quarter life crisis already, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and even even like the pandemic uh, has like 
I thought that would have been my quarter life crisis, but my quarter life crisis was me trying to um, join a fraternity because I was Ooh. just so <laughs> I was I was so obsessed of like uh, uh, not having the closure of like uh-huh. fitting in mm. um, to in some regard and and not having to and just you know not being in like this perception of mm-hmm. being a being man or being you know being yourself or trying to find like identity because I grew up so solely around women and, and everything that like I and didn't really have a, a a good prominent um you know male figure outside of my dad so I was just like okay I I, I need I need some type of brothers or mm-hmm. or you know to help shape me to be so I could be better than who I am now but then that just, but that was just such a, a messy timeline for me that I hated. I, did you I, join, I hated. did you end up joining and quitting or you, you didn't go through with rushing? Uh, I, 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 what's, what's after like the point where you've been scouted? Was it pledging or was oh, it rushing first pl- or was it pledging Yeah, first? I think, uh, <laughs> uh, it's funny that, well, I was, um, gonna share this part too, but I was also in a sorority and I quit, but, um. I went to NYU, so I was like very like not a serious thing there, but in a similar way of like constantly feeling like outsider, but then also being like, well, here's a way that I can immediately like feel like I belong. Um, but then, you know, it turns out you still have to be yourself in it. And I'm like, meh. Some of my good friends I still have from that. But ultimately, I realized like that this isn't the thing that will solve my problems. But it's rushing yeah. when you're trying to join. And then when they pick you like a specific one picks you, then you're pledging. Okay, I I didn't follow through with pledging. <laughs> Probably uh, for the it, best. I ended up quitting after I was initiated, anyways. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> like, well, I'm already here. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. It's funny because that literally is how I I didn't get like I grew up in the Bay and um a big emphasis in the Bay Area is like just like name brand schools like Ivy Leagues and I never I never get got into an Ivy League but I remember like really wanting to get into Stanford because I was from Palo Alto and it was sort of like a cool thing to get in, which is almost, if you think about it, the nerdiest thing to say to be like the popular kids get into Stanford. <laughs> but I remember just like vividly being like, there's no way I'm going to go. Cause I don't, I want to move to New York, but I wanted so bad to get in and reject them. So I think a part of me always like felt like, I hope that I've gotten over it. I can't honestly say that I've gotten over the need for that sort of validation, but I think I've gotten better at it. But I definitely had that when I was younger is that feeling of like wanting to prove that I could belong. But it was like my choice to not pick that path. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like I didn't want to go there and I didn't want that life. But I wanted people to know that I could. But I I, obviously I couldn't because I didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) So joke was on me. So, so you had to like just trans- use that energy for something else. I'm like, so already you're gonna be you're gonna be my Stanford, my Stanford release. I know it's so funny when I think about it because I'm like, I am the thing that I'm making fun of. Because like, why why did I want to get it? And then I couldn't. So it's like, yeah, why not just you didn't even want it? Like, why not just not do it? Um, but what made you end up? So you just like on a whim where like I want to join a frat or did you have other friends at the time who were like really into it no I was completely alone I was like because that that's the thing about 
like for me my a lot of my college experience was just me just on campus and then it was camp wake up go to school go to movie right after uh-huh. <laughs> and that's been like the entire routine since since high school and everything but with college it's just you're on your own you get your classes you do your shit and and then you just get out of campus um mm. you know there, there was there was no any there was no kind of like close net unless you were in like the film branch um and even then you're being you're really selective with the people mm-hmm. um that you end up being friends with and i'm like i'm happy to say that i have like three amazing like friends who uh who are close to me um like some i some who like moved away and some who, mm-hmm. who are still around um haven't seen in so so long but there's only like three college friends that i made thus far and and even like well yeah okay i can say they're new because like <laughs> because i have like other people from high school who ended up going to to my to my college gotcha. and so it's just like all right i grew up with you might as well still stick to you <laughs> in some capacity yeah um well, so like i have uh-huh. i have like a homegirl from who i've known for like nine years now oh, wow. who's uh who's like been like one of my best friends ever since and so if I just need to vent about anything, I just call her up and just like pick up the, and she just picks up the phone and I just, uh-huh. just just go off on anything and she can understand it because we've known each other for that long and then some. That's the best. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's interesting because I, I think that you do end up keeping in touch with less of your like sort of early childhood friends, but the ones that you do, you tend to have those stronger bonds. Cause I, I was like in a lot of activities growing up too. Like I was in dance and choir, all this stuff. And you know, when you're in it and you're constantly going to the shows and the practices, you feel like you have this like never ending group of friends. Cause it's just like these huge mega groups. But then now I'm like, I mostly don't talk to that most of them, but there's always, there's like a few from each. And though those friends are still very strong. So I think that is what, it ends up being it's like it'd be impossible to like keep 200 friends close from childhood but you do have a couple like close close friends that you've known yeah. for decades which is really nice because it, it, I mean, for, for me i have like this weird like loyalty kind of thing where you know if, if you're gonna be my friend i'm gonna stick to you like glue and just like <laughs> root for you like I would root for you in the same way I hope you would root for me, mm-hmm. you know, with with all uh, you know, with each other, celebrate each other's achievements and such. So, but uh, as like when I was just growing up and just see like realizing that people that you were like close to once mm. would just drop you on a whim, and then mm. because I'm a Pisces, I just <laughs> never, I just never get over it. I just Water end up signs. Just, I'm a Scorpio. Like, so emotionally just unstable not knowing what the hell to do and, <laughs> and 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 sometimes it's just like hard letting that person go even when like they've obviously like dropped you and like uh-huh. have nothing to do with you no, nothing was more terrifying <sighs> than like one of my one of my ex uh, like close friends um uh that I knew around high school she didn't go to my high school or or, or anything but we we were like we were tight. Um, she she was my she was my prom date and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And then like I think it was the summer after, just she just dropped me and everything. Oh man! And and it wasn't until like I was taking um, uh, a, a women and gender studies course, all about um, I I forgot what what the what the what the topic was, 
um, I think, it, I, oh yeah, it was about sexuality and, mm. and, and gender, it was a gender and sexuality course at my college because I, I just came out as non-binary at the time. And I was like, all right, let me, let me see if I can understand more about the history and gender politics and stuff. Mm. So I know what the hell I'm talking about if I'm ever going to be in a discussion. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, I see, I see her in, my, <gasps> in, in the same class. In the same class? And, oh. and I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, universe, you didn't prepare me for this. Is this some sort of test? Are you testing me uh-huh. to, to, get, to get back with my, my close friends and be like, hey, I guess you're something and I'm non-binary. <laughs> the um, universe does do that sometimes. They're not always tests, but they're almost like little, like, I like to think, I mean, I'm also a water sign, so I love, love signs, but I love to think of it more as like, um, like, you know, the holiday doors and Nightmare Before Christmas where there's just like a bunch, but yes. we only go through the Christmas one. It's like, or Halloween, I guess. But I like to think of it as like the universe will like dangle little, it's almost like a video game where it's like, do you press this button? It's like, oh, here's someone from your life like that you've moved on and become a different person. Do you want to re-enter this game? And you're like, yeah. no. Or you can be like, well, I'll be me now with my new, you know, my new understanding of life. And if they vibe with me, then sure. But I'm not going to go back just to play that game again or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes, cause, cause I have to learn the hard way that, all right, when people drop you, that's because it's, it, you know, it's, it's a different power that ha- doesn't have to do with you for specifically. Even if you think it does, it's more about their faults yeah. and their flaws and their terrible perceptions of things. Yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't until like, like, <laughs> yeah. I had to. I, I was part of not part, but. It was just such a crazy uh, film criticism debacle last year with like this racist person who was mm. uh, who, who like targeted me uh, because we were like because I used to well not because I used to do it. I I used to hang out with like that person and another group of people around like the Tribeca that we met I had uh-huh. I had um I was hanging around like four different people and it was like yay this is my new crew uh-huh. we knew each other from twitter and then i and since they're all visiting here i'm gonna be like the the denzel in, in training day <laughs> i'm just showing them new york showing them the ropes um but then it wasn't until like long after where they were just like like unfollowing me and blocking oh, me no. and i was just like okay we had brunch and everything i thought we were like becoming friends Dang. and stuff but it was just like no they were just racist assholes Ugh, who were I'm just sorry. using you and i was like oh okay and it, um, well i don't think i met any of them so i guess it speaks more to you're better at making friends than them <laughs> oh yeah it's just like so many different things i i, I have to like rush to learn yeah uh, about, about the world and and meeting new people because because 2019, that was the same as you, same as you with the festival spaces. I was just so wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, mm-hmm. thinking, like, "All right, well, I'm in like this big venue with so so many different people of all ages. Let me see if I could, you know, uh, make new colleagues or like older than me or or, or mm-hmm. around my age. Because I was I was the baby amongst everybody else. I was like, I was I was the tw- like I was like 21 and it was just like <laughs> it was just fresh new into the critic world and i was like all right let me let me meet a lot of critic friends i follow all these people let's see you know let's see if i can like become you know 
become part of their better judgment of some okay. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is like, I mean, I don't want to call myself old, but I, <laughs> I am old. And but I also when I I feel like when I was starting out like interning and doing things like that, I remember feeling like oh, I wanted to like quickly grow up, and now I. Whenever, like, if I meet a twenty-one-year-old at an event, like, I'm immediately impressed. Like, I'm like, you know, you want to be here. Like, you're already, like, it. It's one of those weird, like, paradoxes where, like, of course, you're always going to want to be like further than you are. Like, even I have that now. But I think there's something really cool about just being knowing exactly what you want. Like you said, having that drive and vision so young, because a lot of people, myself included, like, take took a while to get to the thing, and then when we're there, we're like. God, I wish I knew I wanted to do this earlier. And it's like a really cool thing that you have that. So, um, but I can understand why you don't necessarily want to waste your time with people who are like not in that space because you've been through it and you figured it out. And it's like, they're on their own journey, but of course you want to be around people who know what they want. Yeah. Do you find that people come up to you? Like now that you've been doing it a little longer, like where, like, you know, when you were starting out, you were like, going to um you know older was seniors or whatever for for um (laughs) mentorship do you find that you have people coming like younglings coming to you for advice and like looking up to you like that yeah um i i it it, it, i still don't know how to like (laughs) respond whenever it happens when like somebody comes up to me like say like oh my gosh you're ready you're ready reviews and i'm like yes (laughs) and and i don't know if like Cause I, cause I am socially awkward at mm-hmm. heart. So I don't, I, whenever, you know, it's always like, Oh, I read your reviews. I love your reviews. And, and I, the, my only response is, is I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, I've got, I learned how to like channel that, that self deprecation on and off. It just, you have to catch <laughs> me on a good day. <laughs> how did it feel like the first time or like, I mean, I imagine you, I mean, you have like a great social media presence. So I'm like, I imagine you do have fans and stuff, but how did it feel like meeting someone in person? Cause I, knowing that you used to be that to other people, like, did, did you ever, did you make that connection of like, Oh, well, I'm like now the person on the other side. Um, it depends. Cause it's like, if, if it is like just some, weird not, not like it's weird but like if, if, if it's get like get away from me you creeps if it's like a nerdy white dude or, or anything i'm just and and they try to like ask me because because a lot of like like white guys who are like getting into the business and everything oh, now, uh-huh. who are want who wants to be critics now are like in my dms asking me like oh how, how do you how did you get this far uh-huh, or, or uh-huh, can, uh-huh. can you give me your advice or, or what to do i'm like yeah there's a yeah. fine line between respect and homage and then and then people just going like can you just email this person for me and like tell them that i'm great and you're like who are you like <laughs> yeah there's a lot of white guys do that they're like i too am like you i want to do things good so help me skip the line and you're like that's not how yeah, exactly. that works <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is, and I'm just and I just like leave them on red. But if it's just like if it's like it's somebody so somebody else of like like a minority or uh-huh. anything who has to jump through those hurdles, like I will like willingly like tell them what to, like what to do and how to how to do the how to do those things. Um, yeah, because but, it's, a, it's a it should be asking. It's like out of respect for your career, they're like respecting you and being like oh i'd love to hear more about your life but there is, you can always tell like it's funny because i'm like you and i, I feel like we, we i know exactly what you mean but then sometimes when people are like well so what you just won't answer questions it's like 
No, like you can usually tell. Like it's hard to explain, but really I think the missing key is respect because there's a feeling of where like a new open micer will talk to you like they are almost like, how did you do it? Like, well, if you could do it, I can do it. And then it's that exactly. tone that they're using where like, well, help me cheat like you did because clearly you don't deserve to be there or whatever. And you're like, what? <laughs> Excuse me. Like, <laughs> like, okay. So it's definitely, yeah, it's, the, I think it's the respect, but it's hard to put into words, but you can tell when you see it, when someone's like, I admire you. I'd love to hear more versus like, so are you going to just like help me or what? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and part of like my hesitance is that, you know, it took me so long to mm -hmm. actually really un like fully comprehend that, oh, wait, my website is the thing that people are paying me attention people are giving me attention for more so than me trying to like become a screenwriter and trying to get like get noticed as a as a writer in for film where whereas I'm like writing like hundreds of reviews a year and and mm -hmm. more filmmakers and, and, and screenwriters are, are following me or finding me through that. And it wasn't until like like six my first six years of ready reviews was me having to jump through all these different hurdles. Mm -hmm. Um of like waiting on lines um, or, or buying movies when they come out or mm. buying tickets for movies when they come out, sneaking, <laughs> sneaking oh. inside press screening, sneaking oh, into man. press screening, How sneaking did you do that? into, into um, gilded screenings. Ooh. <laughs> um, it's funny because there's so many, yeah, in LA, I'm, New York as well, but there are so many of those around award times and they are just like, constantly like so many people will sign up and not go so it's like they're probably like so happy that you're there and you're excited to watch a movie but it is annoying how many hurdles they set up because it's like there's this elitism where it's like you know half the people who are like getting sent these emails don't even show up so it's like it should they should have more people like you who like actually want to be there and actually care and are watching it well i mean <laughs> but, um well this it's just there's so many different cultures in literally every every <laughs> different facet so like yeah. new york screening lines was its own culture uh -huh. oh, of okay. itself where i'm seeing the same like 20 something people every single oh, day wow. of my life and it's just like and and they're like <laughs> i don't want to be like like oh but like there's so much old like older people who obviously don't have much to do and <laughs> like and then there comes a point where i'm like okay i'm young i'm not a loser meanwhile <laughs> uh -huh. um, but then but then there came a point where it's like all right i i can't do this thing anymore because i'm in college now and i don't mm. want to be like having to ask somebody to go with me to a screening so so they could stand in line for me mm. and it's so extensive and new, since new york is so big gotcha it's so addictive to get into the into that culture gotcha. into the screening lines and everything so by the time 2018 came and i got that rotten tomatoes approval uh -huh. it wasn't until then where i had to go Oh fuck me! I had my own website. I could have been <laughs> a press critic all this time in the eyes of other people. And after I sent like that wave of like emails to every single publicist yeah. like, that I could that I could find through a LinkedIn, uh, which was like the only time I ever used LinkedIn in my life. Um, <laughs> people, uh, studio like publicists are just like, oh yeah, of course, come come through we need more we need we need more diverse uh. film critics out there um and even like i had my own independent um you know independent outlet going on 
people i'll still get a set emails from like different people and, and just like saying yeah i love your review and mm-hmm. then thank you for thank you for you know your kind words or you know because there was just a time where i was like i i felt the drive to like all right let me see whatever that i can because my because it, my um my cinema view was just so limited where it's yeah. just like studio blockbuster stuff and i'm like no i love indie movies i love i love all these different things i'm trying to like yeah, you know, trying out my new taste for film, <laughs> more so than you know my taste for anything else in my life. And <laughs> it wasn't until like I went to my first Sundance where I realized, okay, I feel like I have another few years of this ahead of me before before I really want to like retire and move on to my mm. life. Because come like next year, it's gonna be a fucking decade wow. <laughs> that I've done ready reviews, and I'm just like okay, I, I want to see where I could do what I could do with this website, with this brand without having to deal with college at all or any type uh-huh. of schooling at all. So like after, after um, I graduate next month, I'm, I, I, I'm trying to like create an expanded, uh, uh, expand the horizons for, for ready reviews and, 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 and the future of it because journalism the, the field of journalism is such an annoying ass hassle mm-hmm. and it's so hard to you know to to be non-white and mm. and 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 get your voice out there having to jump through the hurdles of like getting access to a screen getting access to a screener um because because i'm not a freelancer anymore mm. uh, and i just like stuck to ready reviews and everything mm-hmm. there's so many different freelancers who have to find an outlet that will mm-hmm. take their you know that will take their pitches that right. will pay for, for them to, to get payment for it and then even if they have to do like interviews get access to that that talent's publicist huh. to give them access to that interview and then you know you have all these skills it. now in an interesting way because you've you like understand the grand picture of like how the you know the big publications do it and you also have your own website so you kind of like there's like um like almost like a what's the word like not advantage to like you had to do that because at first it was like oh you had to do your own but then you realize like oh now you're on your own boss and you've created this brand that's like you actually have a voice that people will go to Rendy for instead of just like, what did the variety say? So like, yeah, I think that's really cool. I, I'm curious cause you mentioned um, also directing and writing. So is that something that you're thinking of st- like, or you're still doing on top of this or does this has this sort of transition into like, let's see where this goes. Cause to me, I like, as a writer, I don't separate that, but I know the industry sometimes does, but to me, I'm like, you're obviously good at writing. You have taste and like, all filmmakers go watch other people's things and have thoughts too. So it's like, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, you know, like you can tell a story and, but I think that there's this weird divide in the industry. So I'm curious if that's something like you've actively like thought about like, Oh, I want to transition or you're just kind of like going with the flow to see where it goes. I'm, I'm more going with the flow as of now. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because I was so laser focused on to trying to get, uh, trying to do screenwriting Mm-hmm. and going to school for it and trying to learn all these different things when while i was like getting that education i was realizing wait i t- <laughs> just like everything that i've done with ready reviews i taught myself how to do on my very own so so i don't like all these different requirements being set up for me is like 
<laughs> kind of it, not I don't want to say irrelevant but it's not adding much to my knowledge at yeah. uh right now you learn so. way more from I mean honestly you learn a lot about writing from reviewing things like I yeah it's so much more like I don't um do reviews so much but I used to love to watch like live sh like because when I was at NYU they like give away tickets for like Broadway shows or like I guess there are perks of going to school in the city but I used to go to those and then I think just because I had that itch to write but I wasn't writing my own you know narrative stuff yet I would just like blog on my own like blog spot or whatever about how I felt about it but what I realized was just like parsing through those thoughts and like experiencing someone else's vision and trying to interpret it and then process it like helped me now when I'm like writing comedy or doing things like because I remember how it felt to sit in the audience and like process either being like oh I can see what you tried to do but you missed your mark or like oh that really spoke to me and here's why it worked like I think about that way more um now even though I didn't think that those skills were connected so I feel like you are honing in on your like storytelling because you're literally watching way more stories than most filmmakers do you know yeah and and just like being able to break down your thoughts mm -hmm. and like an and analyzing like you know the shortcomings and strengths of of each project I just whenever I go back into like my final draft, I'm like picking up different pieces that's uh, with like um, the stories I, I write or try to write and, mm -hmm. and go, OK, this is how I can make this better. This is how I could make the, make this character stand out more. Yeah. This is how like um, and just like understanding characters more through life life experience. Yeah. More, and, and also, you know, watching watching things. Uh, being presented to me on screen because because now there's just this weird kind of this weird moment in, in in Hollywood where every story every third story being told emphasizes more on identity hmm. but it keeps ham-fisting like this is why it's, it's important and this is this yeah. is why this is why it matters this is what it what it means to be this uh -huh. this box this box right now and and now I'm just like, all right, I'm exhausted by that. Can we can can we just let these characters be characters and yeah. not having to regurgitate this cycle? And then because I'm watching so many different things, that's just exhausting me. Mm. I get more I, I get more um, uh, excited about the stuff that I'm writing because I'm trying I'm trying my best to break those barriers and yeah. show. All right, this is this is the stories I I want to write. This is the shit that I could that I know I could tell stories about without having to emphasize, you know, like, this is a black boy and mm. he, this is a story about him being black. You know? so like, no. true, but that's like the wildest thing because the whole, the whole push, like kind of what we we're talking about before, but the push towards that diversity sometimes is almost like putting a lid on it in a way because they're like, mm -hmm. oh, we need, like, we do need more diverse stories, but like diverse points of view. And obviously we're so white right now in Hollywood. That's like, yes, it means like less white people, but it doesn't mean because you're not white, you get to tell a story. Like it's just, the story has to be like different. And it's like the idea of having diversity is to realize that people aren't their race, but yeah, Hollywood keeps doing that thing where they're like, and yeah, like you said, like, here's the black story. It's like, but they, now you're just doing the thing where you're <laughs> saying everyone's the same. It's like, it's so wild to me when that happens because at the same time, like they're, they're doing a lot with like Asian stories lately. Cause I think after crazy rich Asians, which at the same time, I'm like, I want to support all of this. Like I want to support representation, but it's so hard when all they do is push it out to be like, here's your Asian movie. Why didn't you watch it? If it didn't do well, that's your fault. And you're like, mm -hmm. well, maybe I didn't think it was good. Like there was that paper tiger one that I watched that was so bad. And I was like, 
I don't know if it's called Paper Tiger. There was, I think it was Alan Yang. And I liked the people who made it, but I was like, this is a bad movie. And I also felt bad saying that because <laughs> I was like, I know that you guys really want this to do well so that it'll set the stage for me getting jobs, but it's not a good movie. And that's fine, right? Like, I think it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard to like admit it because you're just like, because there, there was just like a weird, weird like tangent yeah. where I was thinking, all right, here are these black movies that are made by, by, you know, by these black people, but I really don't like these movies. And, and then I, and then when I'm like having to be thrown into space, those spaces where I'm like around all these other, like all these people who made these black movies, I'm like, Shit, I don't want to be like, I gave your movie a two-star rating. Mm. Hi. But I think that's what makes you a good critic. So I I feel like that you're you're just ahead of your time. And I feel like that's a good thing because it's like you understand that true diversity isn't just making like giving a good review because it's diverse, right? Because that's not a thing. The the word diverse, I mean, whatever, don't get me started. I hate that word because it's like implying diversity from something normal and you're like hmm who came up with this word like white people but um because it's like what do you mean diverse from what but i think um the point is that there should be good and bad movies of all from all different points of view because that is true diversity just like there's so many shitty white movies so we shouldn't be mad if there's a you know bad asian movie but that i am very curious because you watch so many things do you enjoy like now that you know like the end game is to give your thoughts like do you enjoy watching like bad movies or like do you are you like like i don't know if this makes sense but like okay like for example wonder woman was just like did you watch it (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, of course. <laughs> so I'll use that example without spoilers, but whatever. There's nothing to spoil. It spoils itself. But it's so bad that, like, I almost enjoyed, like, watching it through the eyes of, like, kind of, like, laughing at it. But I'm curious because you have to watch a lot of things. Like, do you ever feel like things are so bad that it's funny to you or you're, like, excited to, like, kind of give a snarky review? Or are you, like, very much, like, this is a waste of my time? Like, how do you sort of approach watching movies differently when you're – knowing that you're like going to be you know giving your thoughts on it um uh, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be completely honest it's easier for me to write a bad movie review (laughs) than it is for me to make uh, write about a good because Mm. it's like when flaws are so glaring (laughs) (laughs) and i'm able to like articulate what i feel and 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 my thoughts on it, it it makes for an easier it makes for an easier review and also, mm. there's some 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 kind of like fiery drive that 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 fire, uh, <laughs> that, that motivates me. It's the shit talking like, gene. We all have it. Well, I know it's bad, but it's like when everyone in the room is agreeing, it's like kind of fun to be like, let's just let's just shit on this shitty movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's 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 fun, but at the same time, when like now I've come to a point where I uh, where I now have to have to interact with mm. creative people who made these <laughs> things or have worked on them. So, and then, oh, you know, just like, and when, when they're so articulate with their thought, like their, their mindset and, and, huh. and how they approach their, their, their kind of storytelling, I'm just there going, well, shit, now I fucking feel bad. <laughs> you oh, know? Interesting. It, it, I didn't even it, think about that. Like the, the more recognition you get for your site, the more you're going to actually have the, like, cause artists are so insecure the more you're going to have like insecure artists reading your thoughts and then you'll, you know that, and that might affect how you present your thoughts. 
Or yeah, I mean, maybe it doesn't, but I don't. That's so no, interesting. No. You, you know, you're right because like I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking by the time <laughs> by the time I end ready reviews, I'm gonna have to shut the entire site down because <laughs> because because I want to work with I want to work with different directors. I want to I want to work with with different you know you know different writers and stuff. And I can't and I don't want to like you know be like I gave your movie a bad review, but yeah, I I I, I want to work with you. You know, and, but I think that a true artists will get because it's you respect them. That's why you gave them. You didn't give them bad review because you didn't like them. You watched it earnestly and they did not deliver. And I think that's a true respect. Yeah. I mean, it's one. I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, I, there might be some people who weren't really bad reviews. Were like, I don't know what you were thinking. But most of the time, you're like, oh man, they really fell short of my expectations or whatever. And I think a true artist would want that truth. Have you gotten? art like filmmakers or directors um reaching out after reading your stuff uh yeah yo, I'm like, so, <laughs> more more than i can yeah. any stories that i mean you don't have to share anything that's like not you know that's like that's off the table but is there anything fun that like a fun moment that you want to share uh crap because because i have way too i have way too many stories in my head that's <sighs> like it's it's hard to it's hard to like really try to mm. Y- you know pinpoint were there pinpoint any surprising out, ones but... to you like someone that you admire for a long time or that you were like oh they they're or like that were surprising to you that they read your review uh shit dude um <laughs> it's okay okay uh, no no all right Train so, so it's okay <laughs> so it was like 20 2019 when i was just like you know just going to different festivals and stuff i was um uh, it was the movie. Uh, I went to the premiere of Booksmart oh, okay. um, and, and, and everything. And like that, needless to say, that movie kind of like changed my entire like life because it was such, it was, it was, it was the perfect movie I needed to see in the moment in my life that mm. I was at mm. where I felt so, because I had to make like the most sacrificial decision uh, for myself thus far, where it's like, I, I had to like, drop a class in order to further my career and, uh-huh. and even financially it was just like this is a risk right now you know I'm, I, I made a GoFundMe to go to South by people gave me money to go and everything and this and I'm just writing reviews on my website and everything and and I'm just like I'm, I'm terrified because I'm thinking like okay I should have done this I needed to be a film student I needed to get my college education done and everything I need, I need to focus on my career um because I had a shitty professor who gave me like a stupid ultimatum and everything Ugh. and it wasn't until like that night uh, the premiere of Booksmart where it was just like I'm at a premiere for this <laughs> movie uh, this huge ass crowd we're all having the time of our lives watching watching this and then and then there just came to a point where like you know unified laughter all at once and i'm just like holy shit no this is where i belong dude. <laughs> i love that yeah i mean that talking about further in your career that's literally like south by southwest that's like iconic part of the film industry so i mean like yeah that professor well you know what they can stick it where the sun don't shine. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure they have their own life and whatever. I love that so much. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like that's like a really nice place to end on. I want to end with a quick game if you have time. But because we've been talking so many, much about movies and it is award season, before we get into it, like, I'm just like, okay, let's make this real quick because I know people can check it out on your site. But is there like um, a front runner for you, of, like movies that you watched this year that you really like? Or 
alternate really shitty skip it don't watch it uh, i'm just like for the you know <laughs> most people who listen to podcasts are not watching as many movies as um you are or even me in la uh killing time trying to avoid panic attacks so from from your mouth like if, i mean this isn't like an official stamp of approval but anything that you want to share with us like that people might not have checked out that you recommend? Um, uh, as, uh, <laughs> I guess <laughs> um, Shiva Baby came out today. That's that, oh, I mean, okay. that's that's kind of like the first really great movie that's come out this year, to Ooh, be honest. And, okay. and not necessarily be like, because the entire release date game of mm-hmm. like what movies are counted as 2020 <laughs> or counted as 2021 has been like so flimsy. Uh-huh. Um, I can just like be like, all right, no, no, no. Minari was 2020 because that shit came out virtually in December. True. Same with no, same with Nomadland because it was virtual in December. So I'm like, okay, these are 2020 movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 these are my babies that I want to root for for Oscars. This is uh-huh. this is Oscar season, but as far as 2021 movies go shiver baby came out today okay that's the the, the best 2021 movie yeah latecomers i feel like oh yeah i guess academy awards already announced but like yeah they always there's always those like latecomers or um yeah what a weird what a weird industry that we don't have time to get into the dates of the game but (laughs) (laughs) okay i I did love minari and nomadland so those are great um do you have time for a quick game it's a movie based yeah yeah okay it's very simple because I know you watch a lot of movies and uh, I sometimes do like a would you rather version of would you rather alternate alternate would you rather whatever a modified would you rather on this show. This is a would you rather movie edition with just like movie tropes. Um, uh, so, you know, it's pretty straightforward. So um, you just answer however you want. There's no right or wrong. It's just fun. Okay, would you rather find out you have a secret evil twin or find out you've been the killer all along? Secret evil twin. Okay, okay. Because I, I, I would assume that, like, my evil twin is actually a good person. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> it's just, like, the, the a complete, like... Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. you or yeah, yeah, it can go either way in movie tropes. It's either if they're evil, then you win, even though it's scary, or yeah. they're actually good and you suck. But either way, there's closure. <laughs> would you rather um, sacrifice yourself to save mankind or sacrifice yourself for the love of your life? Sacrifice myself for, for for the love of my life. I'm I'm I'm, Ooh, I'm very Pisces. I'm romantic like there. that. I'm petty <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, okay, I feel like maybe maybe the same because it's like mankind would just all universally be glad they're alive and forget, and then but the love of your life, there's one person who remembers. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The, my legacy will live on through them, but mankind, mankind just sucks. He's just going to keep sucking. <laughs> That's so funny. Would you rather get superpowers from a government experiment or inherit a zoo? Government experiment. I, I, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. What kind of superpowers would you have? Flight. Oh, yeah. I, think it's That's just, pretty good. I, I just want to like be around in the clouds like, oh, no, this... It sucks today in New York. Let me just fly out to, oh, that to sounds Texas. Nice. Yeah, that'd be really fun. Would you rather flashback to a teenager and relive high school or flash forward to the end of your life and you've accomplished everything you set out to do, but you have to like skip your life? Damn, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I would say I would say high school because I, I, I would be so cooler than I am. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would know how to like inherit all my ego my, my ego 
Yeah, I think I would do the same. Yeah, because there's there's always like it's always a fantasy to go back to high school. Weird though. Now that when I think about it, I'm like time isn't truly real. Like if you are you, no matter where you go, it doesn't really matter. But I would also pick high school. But it truly wouldn't matter. But I would pick high school. Yeah. Um, okay, final one. Would you rather steal the Mona Lisa or steal the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> Steal the Declaration of Independence. Make my own modifications to it. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, that's it. I, and, it, you know, following Nick Cage's footsteps. I honestly can't remember if he did the Constitution or Declaration, and I didn't bother to look it up. So I, I, I haven't – I've never watched The National Treasure. I just – this is like growing up. I was like, oh, Nick Cage. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I get what it's about, and I'm sure that it's fun. And if I ever had to watch it, I would, and it would be exactly what I thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know movies past like like everything between. The oh God, you're gonna make me feel thousands. so old right now. Okay. No, 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 no. Because no. it's like, no, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, finish. Yes, what you were saying. Um, you were addressing me as grandma. What? <laughs> no, it's just like movies between the 2000s and 2010s. I just like did not know shit about uh-huh. apart from like the occasional family movie and whatever, but. Mm. It wasn't until, yeah, uh, cinema didn't, like, become cinema to me until, like, 2012, where it was just like, oh, I, I know who these directors are uh, now, yeah, and, yeah. oh, I could watch international movies and understand, you know, story, th- unco- um, unconventional types of storytelling and everything. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's super interesting, too, like, because of, I never thought about that, like, the time period, because for me, the time before I got into, like, I guess, thinking about directors was, like, when I just watched movies like, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean or whatever, and the first Spider-Man. But then when I think about it, I'm like, you do go back after you start liking movies and watching, like, quote-unquote classics to you, but then to, like, people who are older than you, they that was what they watched growing up. Do you, did you ever go back and watch, like, I'm going to use quotes, okay, air quotes, classics, because I'm guessing these are movies that came out when I was young, but did you ever go back and, like, watch classics after you discovered cinema that from that before time that you, like really like because now this is me out of curiosity of like time periods and how they're viewed but um are there any movies from like you know you went back and watched because you started liking directors that were from before that era sometimes um (laughs) uh, my 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 younger sister um uh my my, uh could like tell could tell you that i don't know shit about the 90s because (laughs) she actually had like an entire phase where she's where she actually watched all every high school 90s movie oh wow or, uh, like and, and even more what meanwhile i was just like mad selective like all right i think i'll just watch this and because i'm like watching new movies all the time there's always a new movie every single week i can't True, I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm too stifled to even like remotely step foot outside of like the, the 21st century as far as like movies go that's for the best like, the 90s and 80s yeah. were full of stereotypes that don't hold oh, up yeah. at all i don't really think they held up at the time but i imagine people were not talking about it as much <laughs> i mean because because like it's just like uh, being at school and and like watching all these different movies um that are considered classics i'm just like watching them like going i fucking hate this i hate <laughs> it like, I, I i it wasn't it was like what saturday night fever oh okay uh, where it, I, I didn't I, watch they, that but i know that yeah john travolta it's so problematic in every sense. It's so, it's outside of the Bee Gees music. It's just so so bad. Uh, <laughs> That's just, how I, I feel I, about Sixteen I Candles. And I, 
enjoyed watching it but every time i'm like this can't have been good okay at the t-. like it there's straight up like date rape in it and then there's like but it's like slut shaming date rape where it's like she deserved it because she's a slut and then there's just like a super racist asian character named long duck dawn and he just it's bad but the whole time you're like i think that this was also bad then but nobody cared like it's like i it's can't imagine this was okay then like like there's like an entire like sequence towards the end where or like the or the woman who was like really pining for there's a yeah there's a girl who, a woman who who's pining for John Travolta th- throughout and, and wants to get in his pants and he he lets he lets all of her all of his friends oh, rape no. like just oh, like no. yeah just oh, just God. like getting raper and I'm like please can this stop and then and then and then he's like letting it happen because he's like this is like yo you wanted me but I'm not gonna let you have me like, here's all my friends oh, and, no. and I'm like. Man, fuck this movie, dude. Oh my God. Fuck this character. Uh, but hey, we're supposed to root for him because he's John Travolta. Oh he can no. dance. Oh boy. Well, you know, I'm glad that we're <laughs> ushering in a new era. Hopefully we'll we won't go back to that. Um but Randy, where can people find you, follow you, um, keep up with the your your latest projects? Um, so my website is ready reviews, um, R E N D Y reviews. <laughs> so everybody will get that one, that, that E wrong. Um, <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter, Randy underscore Jones. You can also find me on Instagram at, at Randy Jones. Um, no underscores. Um, I think that's, that's, that's about it. I'm just graduating in a month. And after you could, in a, in a round of months time, I will have, a uh, cool new announcement and Ooh. and uh, different uh, projects to um, yeah. to unveil. Uh, hopefully, if everything pans out well, uh, you know this <laughs> April. <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah, definitely follow Randy, read the reviews, especially if you need help getting through all the uh, award season movies. Um, there's so many great reviews there. You can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and follow me at Larissa T. Oh, actually, I just changed my well. Follow me at Larissa T on Twitter, but I just changed my Instagram to. Teresa Lee Bot. Okay, so follow me there. Ooh, bye. bye.